This week's podcast is a special one. I have Dr. Craig Duncan with me. He goes on about the preparation of teams for any competition is a balancing act between maximizing capacity and managing the noise. And he talks about many coaches and performance scientists focus on capability building, but he's about the noise, the fatigue, both physiologically and psychologically that impacts players. He, he talks to us about noise management and how to get more out of yourself every day. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by the new Clean Coffee TX100. It's coffee done smarter, supercharged with brain, mood, metabolism, performance, and gut-boosting ingredients. We've combined the incredibly smooth taste of Colombian single-origin coffee with MCTs, apple cider vinegar, and Blue Ness, the ultimate stress-relieving herb. It's keto and vegan-friendly, gluten-free, with no added sugars or artificial sweeteners. Enjoy hot or cold and take your coffee to the next level. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the home of fit, happy and healthy. And today I'm really excited to have Dr. Craig Duncan on board. Dr. Craig, we're going to call you that, Dr. Craig? You can call me Craig, please. <laughs> Craig was named Sports Science of the Year back in 2014 with ESSA, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with ESSA, yeah. That's a nice badge to have on your chest there, mate. People who know Craig from the industry, he is one of the leading sports scientists in Australia, up there with some of the other people in sport that we've spoken to recently. It's a small group, but it's a great group of people to be involved with. Craig has a passion for safe professional ethics in the industry, which is something that a lot of people are talking to me more and more about these days is the ethics of the industry. He's got an innovative and holistic approach to player management, which has enabled him to actually create for teams and franchises a high performance platform that maximizes performance. Craig has worked with Sydney FC, Western Wanderers. You are the first Asian champions. Yeah, we won uh, Asian Champions League when we were at uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah. Nice. You were with the State of Origin team for their drought-breaking series win in 2014? Yes, and 2018. We and 2018. Won again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a Queenslander, mate. We don't really remember <laughs> so, those days. Yeah. And the big one that I know you most for is your time with the Socceroos and becoming Asian champions in 2015. So in the academic arena, you still play in that area and, and you've developed a postgraduate degree in... Yeah, we, we had a couple of postgraduate degrees at ACU, which is the Masters of High Performance Sport and also the Graduate Certificate in Performance Analysis I was involved in the development of. Nice. Well, mate, that's um, a little bit high tech for us today. So we're going to talk <laughs> about some really simple topics. Well, they're not simple. They're very technical, but you've turned them into something of a state of an art with maximum performance. We're going to talk about sleep and recovery. Let's be honest. Everyone's talking about that right now, but we're also going to talk about morning rituals with you. And, and that's the big thing because statistically in Australia, a bad, after a bad night's sleep, Australian adults report that they are 52% less motivated. 49% of them say they look tired, so they're not happy with the way they look and the way they feel. <laughs> the way they feel, 46% of them said they're more moody and irritable. And 42% of them said they can't concentrate. Let's be honest, sleep recovery and morning rituals. Let's talk morning rituals. Well, I think morning rituals start with a great foundation of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we don't have the sleep right, our morning doesn't matter what we're going to do in the morning, we're going to struggle. And I, and I think sleep is a real issue. And look, it's become quite trendy at the moment, hasn't it? Yeah, that we're, everyone's talking sleep recovery, but I'm not sure if we really understand how big a problem it is. There's no doubt that there's maybe up to 20% of the population has real chronic sleep issues. And then all we have to do is talk around our friends and, and see that not many of them are getting seven to eight quality hours of sleep a night. It's such an issue now that even shift workers now 
are a risk factor for disease. So it's been identified that uh, there's a quite a link between poor sleep and, and a number of adverse health conditions. And it's something that we nearly really need to, to rectify. So the morning ritual, yeah, it starts way back when, when we go to sleep. So mm-hmm. I suppose it's evening rituals that we have to w- work on and leading up to that. Sleep time is, is just so important. And this day and age when we've got so much technology going on, frying our, not frying our brains, but, you know, making our, us think more and more as when we're meant to be calming down, it starts to be a problem. And the tech isn't going away. That's a big one, isn't it, the tech? Mm. And it's not going to go away. So we need to embrace that. But there are some things that we can do to start off our our sleep uh, sort of process, right? So so how would you, you've got a traveling team, you've got 30 men that are running mm. around, they're away from their family. They're probably, let's use, uh, can we talk about Socceroos? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Socceroos. You just went to Russia and played World Cup. World Cup. Yep. How did you get these guys, for one, they're on the other side of the world, they're eating different food, they're in different beds. What do you bring to a sporting team when, or to a group of men that need to win in relation to that ritual? Yeah, that's, it is a real, I mean, the Socceroos is one of the most traveled sporting yeah. sporting teams in the world. We have had a lot of experience with with the difficulties and it wasn't I mean the World Cup was was one but I suppose one of the most interesting ones when we we didn't qualify straight away for the 2018 World Cup and we had to go through playing Syria and Malaysia and then we had to go to Honduras and and play away there so there's so much issues going on for one you're coming from different time zones and you might arrive on a a Monday and have to play on a Thursday so there's not that time to really adapt to the time zone but it is a matter of as soon as we possibly can getting into into sync with that and then flying out on a Thursday and then having to get like from Honduras having to get back to Australia and play again on a Tuesday so there's a lot of things that go into into play in that I think one of the most important is that you that your players believe in you that you've done your research that you have a plan in place and that's only a travel plan getting to the location and then getting into a sleeping plan as soon as as soon as possible and we always sleep better if we're relaxed and uh, I think that's one of the most important important parts of the puzzle and putting in known technology or but putting in known strategies to to make sure that we can get to get to sleep on on time so you you work a lot in corp the corporate world as well am i correct yeah, in saying that? yeah so how do you take what you learned from your time with the socceroos and state of origin teams and sporting teams and and the ongoing research you do yourself and how do you take that to a corporate and implement change and we're, t- we're talking about change the morning ritual change the, mm. the sleep and like why why does an executive need to sleep and recover i think executives may be even more important than players because mm-hmm. if we're looking at, at companies where decisions are being made financial decisions are being made deals are being done and there's a lot of people at risk if if we're talking shareholders yep. we're talking employees so that executive team has a lot of responsibility i think the performance from the field into the into the office into the corporate sector is is very very similar i think we talk wellness and we talk about all that sort of area but I think executives and a lot of people, entrepreneurs, etc., they want to perform. Yep. And working at that cutting edge of performance in sport, where there's big money at play, there's sponsorships, etc., you learn to to get people to perform very well. And that's why it's important with executives. Executives burning the candle at both ends. At the end of the day, it's going to be a sh- only a short term before problems start to arise. And I think it's that classic. An executive is pretty much an eight-hour athlete, aren't they? When when you look at well, there's that whole area that was it was spoken about in the early 2000s about when it was first identified about the corporate athlete. I think it's 
it's a very important part that we need to look at and they definitely are and I think most corporate people and business people that have been successful they've got very similar personality qualities to athletes they're competitive they're determined and they're motivated so let's work inside that and to get them to perform to their optimum so if I'm a, an executive or an athlete and let's jump back on a, an overseas trip I've got a young group of guys have gone overseas you've landed at some stupid hour you need to align to the local time how are you getting a group of people to and i guess what we're talking about here is we've got problems like jet lag we've got all these different body clocks mm. all these issues circadian rhythm yep. yeah so are you are you putting someone to bed at 12 o'clock in the morning and trying to turn them upside down when they're away and should executives look at these type of theories when they're around travel and when, when they're around oh, large I, parts of their life yeah as well? absolutely putting in a travel plan is hundred percent required yep. and it can start two to three days before that you actually leave mm -hmm. and to start working on getting into the time zone where you're going to go it depends how long you're going to be there you yep. might stay if you're going from Sydney and you're you're flying across and you're only there for a couple of days you might stay in a Sydney time zone or you're going to adjust to where you have to I mean we have to look there's a science of adjusting to time zone and then there's reality it's no point staying on one time zone if you've got a meeting and you've got to be prepared at 9am in the morning at your location time yep. so how are we going to get there so very much it can start early on and then we it's all about light and being exposed to light and there's times when you need to be exposed to the light one of the most important things if you arrive after a long flight in the early morning you're very very tired but the biggest thing you need to do is just get out exercise really helps and to stay awake as long as possible you might have an afternoon nap for half an hour but what you don't want to do is extend that too long so the sleep pressure when you really want to get to sleep is lessened by an extended nap so what you need to do is just get out be active we know that that really helps uh, stay out in the light and then try and stay awake as long as possible to get into that first couple of days you still might wake up at three o'clock in the morning that's okay uh, but as time goes on we'll adjust quite quickly and how to look back to morning rituals how do we treat like that's your landing day you've landed don't go to bed early, try and do some exercise in the morning. Yep. How do we as an individual set a morning ritual? What type of things should we be looking at in the morning on, on a day where we've traveled or a day where we've second day of travel or third day of travel, whatever it is, to get that ritual? Like I really want to dig into the ritual side. Well, I think ritual start. What is your ritual? It doesn't yep. matter where you are. I can share what I do. The first thing that I, I always do is make the bed. It's an interesting one. I, I've read it previously and it happens a lot in the military, but if you make your bed, it's a it's an outstanding ritual to get into because it doesn't matter what else happens in the day, you've had success straight away. Ah. See, I thought my wife was just all over me to make the bed in the <laughs> but obviously there's a theory. She's a cyclist, so she gets up a lot earlier than yeah. I do. Okay, so yeah, I make the bed. That's a good one. What yeah, else? so what you else make the bed, so it doesn't need to be perfect or anything yeah. like that, but but you've made the bed and that's it. Now, we, we have rituals that we don't even think about. We brush our teeth yeah. and that sort of thing but what we can do is can we start off making our bed we can start off with being some activity and it could be some really basic activity yep. it could be just doing five or six seven push-ups ten push-ups something like that just what we call like a primer yes. just to get you you up and about then you might go about your consistent routines brushing your teeth getting ready etc even people might first go into the shower and they might the last 10 seconds of that they might make it cold so then you're awake you're ready i don't more, know how many people are doing that i like that one more substantial routines would then go into using a journal I'm a big person of enjoying and seeing the value of journaling. And what Both type of things should I look for in a journal? It depends. There's a, there's a number of journals around. Some might have a prompt for you to think about, or as you get more experience,
experience in your journal, you, you might just have a identify a, a regime or a strategy you want to go. Often like this morning when I wrote in my journal, three things that I'm grateful for. And Starting off the day from that, what do I want to achieve in the day? And then from that perspective, then I can go into it, into the day where I've got some sort of plan. See, the problem is, Greg, is that a lot of us just get up just in time to to get the, the transport to work and we're not really thinking about oh. anything. And hating life, man. Like there's so many people I talk to now have anxiety and stress. Like it's, and it's, it's driven from, you know, non-combined goals, in my opinion, like mm. you're working for someone you hate, yet you want to do all these things in your own life. And this is why I like this. When you said you want to talk about sleep recovery and morning rituals, mm. and I, I like the idea of I'm an old guy, so I've got some old rituals that I deal with. And yeah. But it's really interesting things that you've said to me so far, and I'd like to keep talking about mm. this, like a journal. I, I don't use a journal, but I do every morning have my little ritual that I do where I say thank you for things that I've got yeah. and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I've spoken to a few people on the podcast about what I do. But it's really interesting. You know, you've, you've said get up, do a little bit of exercise, just get your blood flowing, yeah. talk about dropping the hot water at the end of your shower just to stimulate yourself. And then you've talked about your use three that's one way like being grateful like it's very hard to be grateful and angry at the world at the same time i like that i do so what type of things do you write if you don't mind sharing with us in a journal about what your what's an example of something you've been grateful for in your journal well obviously we're always going to be grateful for our family i'm very mm -hmm. fortunate to have a great family great yep. great life in that respect but they're, they're the easy one you know so today i i wrote it that i was thankful that i have the opportunity to fly here and talk to you wow nice i like that like because I have a wonderful life. Mm. But even me, if I'm too caught up in my own difficulties and which don't really exist. I mean, let's you just said a lot of people are stressed and that sort of stuff. I, I'm one of those potentially stressed people, but life is better than it's ever been. I don't think we really understand it. How easy is our life now? I understand that it's difficult and I, I'm not I'm not suggesting it's not that there are difficulties, but let's take it back a little bit. Like just simple things. Information is so accessible. We've got food and we've got water. You know, there's there's places around the world where people have to walk five miles to get water absolutely so if we're if we're in australia and we're thinking that life is tough i think it gets back to really let's let's trying to be grateful every one of us can be more grateful for what we what we have i also said today i was i was grateful for the you know my animal the dogs that i have i oh, know i'd have to have a look what else so, I wrote, so but, for yeah. you it's it's things that eternally give you that reason to do what you do like it's that true love of what you have around you and it could be something so simple and it doesn't yeah. need to be a shiny car or no. this or that it, it's the things that are real it's your tribe it's the, the yeah. people around you that uh, absolutely and keeping it focused on okay what do i want to achieve today like i want to have a good conversation here yeah. you know everyone that you meet you 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 might have a an option that you don't want to complain today that's what you want to achieve it's so easy to do to complain we just get into these habits that can be quite negative and is that the importance of having a ritual is that is that why a ritual is uh, it's that stop and think absolutely even if you if we're talking about journaling even if you find it difficult and a lot of people find it difficult it's your story and just think that in 50 years time 100 years time your journals could be there's going to be people that want to know about you absolutely long yeah. after we're gone see i think one of the fundamental problems with the human race is that we don't really realize that we're going to die well it doesn't make for a good instagram post does it no <laughs> no but the only thing sure we know is that we will yeah exactly so rather than i i actually believe we've got to embrace death to really live our life yep because otherwise if tomorrow is the last it, if right now is today is my last day am i going to spend that whinging about oh that my boss doesn't look after me really well that's what we really have to do it's not negative it's people freak out when you talk about death. 
all of us do. But it's true. That's going to happen. We don't know when it is. And once you start to realize that, then I think you can start to really live your life. You won't you won't take these moments for granted. You won't look too far ahead because too far ahead mightn't exist. And that's where if you stop and reflect in the morning with your journal, and I'd suggest to anyone, try it for 30 days. Try it for 10 days. I don't mind. And I don't care what your journal looks like because I think I always talk a lot about my work about performance X because the X is the individual. Yes. So what works for Craig, what works for Greg, mightn't work for, for you. So there's no right or wrong in this. It might be, there might be anything, but getting these words down on paper, don't be worried too much what they are, but just spending that time and, and writing will really benefit you. And then you can go into it. Look, we know meditation's trendy too. Yep. I'd love to be a great meditator. I can't. A lot of stuff going on in that head. Yeah, I can't at the moment, but I know I'm aware enough to know it'll make me better. And again, with meditation, it's like exercise. It's like nutrition. There is a number of varieties of meditation. You have to find one that works for you. And it might be two minutes. It might be three minutes. I was speaking to someone the other day about morning rituals. And I said, make your bed, sit on the end of the bed. That's it. Yep. Two minutes. Sit there. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Just close your eyes and sit there. And then that can lead into something else. Absolutely. Okay, but what do most of us do? We wake up, first thing we do is look on our phone to see what's happened overnight. You know, we all know that's so nasty, yet everyone does it. Everyone, I do it. Uh, yeah. But we, I think we need to get this ritual in before that clouds our mind. Absolutely. And also, normally what the last thing, if we're talking evening rituals, the last thing we do is if we're looking at that, that can cloud your mind. We've all done that where, okay, I take my phone to bed, I, I'm reading on it, all that sort of stuff. But then we go down that rabbit hole hole of searching on the net and before we know it, it's one o'clock in the morning it's going to kill you let's be perfectly honest it will at the end of the day it will kill you because it's just too much and i'm not anti-technology i love technology and we should em embrace that and see how fortunate it is and and uh but i think we need to be aware that if we're trying to go to sleep when we want cortisol to decrease okay or the stress hormone as as we call it just to keep it simple to decrease if we're looking at stuff that's going to increase our stress then how possibly can we get get a good sleep so you've just mapped out a nice morning ritual there like how would you how would you combine a an evening ritual and a morning ritual with a team of athletes that are are traveling and doing what they're doing like what what are you telling i mean these sports science these days is way more than tick and flick and and measuring it's it's you you're, you're mentoring and you're doing you're selling in the science and the concepts to people all the time because that's that's the training like what are you saying to these guys like how are you setting evening morning rituals for them yeah i think it is it is that mentoring and, and having those conversations mm -hmm. because again look sports science isn't rocket science it's not as much as uh sports scientists might think it is i don't i don't really believe it is because mm -hmm. I, I think it has great value however it really comes down to that relationship you have with players that firstly they can analyze the situation if they're not getting good sleep why aren't they getting good sleep we know sleep if they can understand that better the sleep you are the better you're going to perform i think most of them understand that okay and then really taking yourself off to bed and it, it's working with the individual group that's mm -hmm. the that's the thing i there is no one size fits all in any of this fitness health uh, nutrition exercise yeah. sports science area i think we need to really work with that individual that yeah okay we have those classical things try and be off your phone an hour before uh, one of the great things you can use if you want to be on your phone or you want to watch tv is use blue blocking glasses they're very simple 
simple. Use those, just putting on a pair of, pair of these glasses will block out the blue light that we know is a problem for us getting to sleep. So using that, so a lot of the players were, were really good at using using okay. those. You've got to imagine we're a long way away from home and it was a really, really tight, tight-knit family and uh, PlayStation becomes a big part of the, because you're just in a hotel. you so, time. So, you know, and they're competitive guys if they're, <laughs> you know, trying to get the PlayStation off. So because they're, they're very competitive against each other, but uh, I've got some great pictures of them playing PlayStation with the blue blocking glasses. I mean, that for me is, that makes me happy because it's like they're bought into what we're actually yeah. actually doing. So so that sort of stuff. Obviously, you're not having caffeine late in the day. You're a stimulant that's going to keep you awake. What time are you trying to turn that off with a team? It depends on the on the cycle. And again, look, we know the research would say if you're on a normal sleep-wake cycle, you know, probably after 3 p.m., yep. it's probably too late. Is that reality? Because sometimes I will have caffeine later because yep. I like it. I'm not going to be so strict on that sort of thing. But we know that's that is what the science might say. You might talk about the science and be aware if I'm having coffee at 8 p.m., it's too late. But if I'm having it, let's let's just be aware of that. So so that's an important message to get across. The other big thing, like this is for people at home in general population, and even athletes, even in their hotel rooms, having a clean room is vital. If you've got a cluttered room, often I think that enhances the clutter of your mind. Cluttered mind. I can tell when I've got shit lying on the floor at home. It's normally when I'm in a period of stress or a little bit of anxiety as, as things approach that you, yeah. it's always that unknown that makes you a little bit anxiety and I can definitely see the way I live in my I try and keep it I've got a little theory here at work that my desk is clean every night when I go everything's aligned all the papers I don't need are off it put away whatever and that's a little thing I do and that's an interesting thing you so, say that. so it's a really important thing I think with the bedroom mm. and if you're in a hotel room uh that it's, it's a complete mess, it's going to be difficult to sleep. The other thing is temperature. Okay. Yeah. We sleep better when it's colder. Okay. So often with air conditioning and that sort of thing that it can be in the wrong sort of sort of degrees, but we want it sort of under 20 degrees, not too cold because we can't sleep there, but yep. under 20 degrees, we're going to sleep better. There's some really great technology, particularly with couples where one might like it warmer, one might like it cooler. There's some cool technology that actually cools down your side of the bed. So that's... Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's... That's sort of interesting, and then these. Are you these traveling with that type of technology? No, 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 no. But there's cooling mats that can can be there as well. Okay. Uh, we travel. I like to monitor sleep, so mm. using technology to monitor sleep. But then again, am I going to monitor the sleep of an athlete that that stresses out because I'm monitoring their sleep? So you just want to create that relationship where they know they can ask those not have to do that if that's going to stress at the end of the day I only want people to perform what do you think about all this and I mean obviously watches and phones are monitoring how we sleep and Mm. there's a lot of technology out there now what should people be doing as part of is there anything in their morning ritual should they be looking at that should they well that's a really interesting it's an interesting question I always say don't make a decision on how you have slept until you've been awake for half an hour may I ask why you do that because often you might wake up and think oh I feel terrible but in half an hour the body has kicked in and, and you're okay. But if we make that decision and go, oh gosh, I'm really tired, et cetera, et cetera. Or you've looked on your app that says, oh, I've slept bad. What do yep. you think that's going to do to you yep. psychologically? So let's, even though I do like the technology, I think we need to be aware of that. So stepping back, it is really important to, to get up, sit on the edge of the bed, give yourself two minutes to think about Just yourself. give yourself time. Drop a few push-ups, jump in the yeah, shower. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, some people, yeah, it could be push-ups. It could be jumping on one of those yeah. trampolines. It could 
be something just to prime yourself, just to just get up. A lot of people exercise in the morning and that's fantastic. After, but I would do that after you've had this time to reflect. Yeah, get this ritual, like training that might in. be part of that. And then you might go go and train, but don't think just getting up and training. I, I think we need this space. It isn't physical you're talking about right now. It's the mental side of waking up, yeah. the ritual, a few push-ups or star jumps or whatever it is, the cold shower at the end of a hot yeah. shower, the, the sitting on the bed, the making the bed. Making I mean, the bed. Reflecting, is that the word you yeah, use? Yeah, reflecting on a journal, yeah. writing it down. Because I, I just, I was thinking about it the other day. Mm. What a what a great thing it would be is to keep this journal for the rest of your life or, and you would have a library of your life. It's the story of your life. Yeah, it's amazing. Like a lot of people mightn't think that they want that read, but one of the, the greatest, one of my favorite books is Meditations by a one of the Roman emperors called Marcus Aurelius. Meditations was actually his journal. Is that right? They call him one of the last great emperors. So he was a, uh, a Stoic. So he followed the Stoic philosophy and he he kept a journal. And then that was this book called Meditations and it was now translated and it's one of the great books to follow and it's his journal, him writing to himself. So that book is called Meditations? Meditations. We'll put that We'll put that at the bottom of Get you a copy. You'd like it. Yeah, I'd like yeah, that actually. Yeah, yeah. But we'll put the link for where people can go to get that. At, it's bit hard to read but the but you will enjoy it and see you'll see a lot of quotes from him the big point about that was that was his personal journal interesting so how long have you been journaling for well i probably first started i think the first journal i have was when i was about 20 and i'm 51 now however i don't as much as i'd like to do it 365 days i'm just a lot of the stuff i talk about i'm talking to myself i know it's 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 difficult so often i have so many journals around that might have gone for five days or (laughs) 10 days and i think the last year i did 270 days out of 365 and i thought that was great and do you do do that because it is that time where you reflect on the rest of the day and like you've said some really interesting things here about give yourself this 20 minutes in the morning before you grab your phone and before you get caught up in all the negative influences in our life to sit back and think about what you want how you feel the movement of your body the the resting of the mind before you let the last instagram post or that email from your boss or that text from that or these negative or not always negative but these influences that want a piece of you i think it's nice and so this morning ritual you're talking about for those out there going, oh, shit, I'm so busy, I can't... How long are we talking to do this? Like from the, the it, two minutes to the cold shower to the... And say they want to train, they want to go and train at five o'clock in the morning. Look, we could even start with five minutes. Make the bed, write a few things down and get on your way. I don't think... I understand what people are saying, mm-hmm. but... I guarantee you, if you do this on a regular basis, it will make your life better. So that's, if you can take five, 10 minutes, whatever it is, whatever you've got available and just do that. And it starts off small. It's like, we don't start running a marathon. We have to start off small. And this is the same with rituals. Let's just start off, just make your bed. Just make your bed. Doesn't have to be perfect. Don't have to put a thousand cushions there or anything like that. Just pull out the covers, make it neat. So when you come home at night, you go, wow, I've done that. I've had success in my day. It doesn't matter how bad it is. And it's the same with the evening. The, the reason and I started is they say Greg you know people that are more depressed they're looking backwards people that are looking forwards all the time suffer more anxiety okay, okay so, so how, can you say that again the people who <laughs> well, are people, depressed people looking backwards they saw that's more like a depression sort yep. of thing you know because you're looking back what has happened where anxious people are looking too far into the future Got you. I'm one of those guys as long as I remember I'd go to sleep with things going around in my head there's a, a great quote from Mark Twain 
I can't remember it exactly, but pretty much we fight these battles in the future and most of them never even occur. <laughs> that is so true. We'll grab that quote, Morgan, if you can find that, put that at the bottom, that'd be great. Yeah, and most of those things never come true. So I found I was having these problems. I would have a lot of things going around in my head. Get them out of your head. Uh, some people call it, I think the Buddhists call it the monkey mind. Get it out of your head, get it down on paper, doesn't have to be just scribble everything down on paper what's going on in your head and then just closing that and go okay now it's time to go to sleep and your idea with the monkey mind your idea on journaling is say i have that classic two o'clock in the morning wake up do you record the monkey mind in that journal as well or are you only well that's an interesting thing like i've had players like that that go i woke up and then i yeah it's okay most of us will wake up for some period of time Mm -hmm. when it gets extensive when it's half an hour and you're tossing and turning then i I suggest to get up get up and and maybe have a light read of a book or something like that and then Mm -hmm. try and go back to sleep because obviously the sleep pressure isn't there to to keep you asleep. So if you're just tossing and turning, then we can get more anxious about, I can't get to sleep. So people get anxious about anxiety about sleeping. And I've seen that and it's real, okay? We just need to to work on calming ourselves. And, and if you are awake for that long extended period of time, then get yourself up, get yourself up and yeah, just, just relax. And it might mean sitting up and then not getting up and watching TV or anything like that. It might be just reading a light book under a low light and, and just going from there. Our grandparents had a pretty good aunt. Like I remember my, my grandparents would always go to sleep with a, a night light, read a book, and then they'd not off to sleep. We go with this incredible thing, which is the internet, which is great, but it can take us anywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's a bit different. So we're doing a similar thing with technology that isn't really working for us. And people don't get the technology works at the speed of the anxiety you've got. So if you're anxious and got anxiety and jumping from topic to topic, the, the internet will just keep accepting that. Whereas mm. when, like you said, you got to light in one book, mm. you have to read that book. You have to get into the mode of where you're at at that moment. And a lot <coughs> of people don't play in that moment. And, and it's nice. And, and yeah, I mean, being in that present is mm. is a problem for us and I include myself into that it's hard because we're looking we're looking forward but we're missing out on right now right now and and we see it all the time I've got a theory that I use and I'm not saying I'm any expert on this but I do try to to live as I I like my stress to be useful for me not something Mm. that consumes me I've got this thing that where if I've got stress I sit back and the first question I ask myself is will I care about this in seven days time yeah and I think that's a great great philosophy yeah because stress is good yeah like I mean let's not let's not be wrong I mean stress is there's there's a part of stress being great and we need that because that's what we're you know it's going to push us forward it's when it becomes I think what what a lot of the a lot of us where we really struggle when it becomes this di- you know distress and it's because we feel overwhelmed so we think that we've got so much going on that's why I say get it down on paper have space between you and the rest of the world. I like that. And you say, start with five minutes. Start with whatever you got. Is there any science in relation to the morning ritual and how much time you should give yourself before you kick off? Look, I think... And not a game kick off, but kick off like run off to training or run off to work or whatever it is. That... I don't think there's there's exact uh, science on it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you, but again, even though there's exact science on certain forms of exercise and that sort of stuff, I always get back to, it's about you. You know, it's a case study of one and that's you, what works for you. Because I know what nutrition might work for me you might know what works for you it mightn't be looked on as scientifically perfect but if that works for me and i'm happy and healthy then then that's okay and how open is sport to these theories you've got on morning rituals and and uh, obviously they're the first reason people come 
over you is sleep and recovery because that's one of the things you're very mm. good at. When you start talking to a coach about morning rituals and players writing in journals and all that, what type of what type of responses do you get? Because you can, there's two types of coaches out there. There's the ones that mm. have done the hard yards and made with it, and there's the ones who embrace. Look, and and more and more, I I do work with coaches on that. I think it's changing. That's why I talk about the holistic athlete, and this is the missing point a lot with athletes, and it's just about training loads and what they do in the gym and what they do. In, yeah. But a happy player, a well balanced person will play better. I think we forget that athletes are people first. True. Okay. And what they're doing is we're preparing them for what they do best. So it doesn't matter. I don't care what we do to get them there. We need to need to do that. And they have a lot of anxiety. I just imagine we've just finished the rugby league season. But say your contract, you don't have a contract for next year. How has that affected you for the last few months? You can't control that. So one of the things we talk about in, in journaling and, and looking at life is, okay, what can you control and what you can't control? And focusing on what you can. And all we can tr- control is ourselves, really, and our yeah. perception. But you don't have a contract where else in the workplace is it really like that that you do not know in a small amount of time whether you're going to be financially able or have a job to you know pay your mortgage yeah. and that happens to players i mean a lot of the time we we think all players are rich that's not true i think their their difficulties and there's a lot of stress involved a lot of players start obviously young and then they get married and then they have children they have relationship pressures as well so all these strategies are about their life I find is just very, very important. It's that looking at the holistic athlete. Let's talk about that. From the the three pillars, you the sleep, the recovery, and the morning ritual, what are you doing for the holistic athlete? If you look at anyone's performance, let's look at it. Pillars, I would say, are, you know, are sleep, exercise, and nutrition. Yep. to anyone so with an athlete it's you know what they eat and how they train and we've got to make sure all those things are aligned but i actually think if we don't have this sleep area right i think that's probably the foundation for everyone's performance yeah to actually get that right because it doesn't matter how much recovery you do and also if you're doing the wrong t- type of exercise as well no recovery is going to help none of our supplements can <laughs> can make make up for a poor poor program and really poor sleep you know we can maybe tweak it for a little period of time but long term we're not going to very very much about that is it's education as as far as you know and and i'm finding athletes if we're speaking about this message and looking at it from a holistic perspective we're going to we're going to have better athletes and they're going to have long careers, longer careers if they look after themselves better. But I, I think it's the message. See, too often in sport where we're just, yeah, and there'd be a lot of my fraternity that could be critical, that I'm not, not talking science, science, and I'm about getting that athlete to perform to their best. I don't care how it happens. Because I think the science, we know, okay, we know how to train. We need to manage those training loads, monitor the response of how that athlete's training, but also realize that it's just not physiological, there's a sociological area here. How is their life? And working with that. That's a big one, isn't it? Like you have these players from what, seven o'clock in the morning till three, four o'clock in the afternoon? Well, in a club situation and Mm. in uh, national team situations like with the Socceroos, you know, we were six weeks for the World Cup. Wow. Every day. families traveling with the team? No, every day. Every meal, every day. And then you're trying to manage that. You've got players, some players that aren't playing. In the World Cup, we only used 15 players. So that means there was eight other players that didn't get a moment in the World Cup. So there's a a lot of management of individuals there to make sure that they they stay on, on track, which is over and above 
the, the typical science. Just off sleep recovery and morning rituals there for a second, how did you run a six-week campaign with 15 plays? Were you pretty much injury-free? Yeah, we're very fortunate through, I think, very good work by the sports medicine team, good communication with the coaching staff and uh, a sound program that, yeah, during our, we, we were based in Turkey first. We were there for four weeks and then, then a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we got knocked out in the first part of the World Cup. But yeah, we only had one injury in all that time, which was actually a, a shoulder dislocation in the second game, but we didn't have any soft tissue injuries. Wow. And part of that, there's no doubt part of that's luck. And sometimes, because they trained very, very hard. I think it was, it came back to good communication between everyone. No doubt, it's I'd, as much as I'd like to say it was, it was great, but it had a lot to do with what was going on. But there's always that luck. Because it sounds, although you're, you're putting that off to luck, it sounds like you, when you bring a human performance program <laughs> to a team, you, mm. you're looking at a lot more than what your traditional S&C coach and your, your traditional, well, like most teams that we deal with don't have that level of, gee, I'm gonna, I could piss some people off here is what I'm trying to say that you've taken science and used people management mm. and created concepts around human performance that are lifestyle performance, that is sleep performance, that is wellness performance and a holistic performance. And I know that you're, you're, you're very forward thinking in what you do as a sports scientist. Is, has that changed a lot in the last 10 years, I mean, I still remember when people were running 200s and doing this and that and playing different sports and when, you know, sprinters stop running 10Ks in a training session because, mm. hang on, we sprint, why are we running 10Ks? Yeah, are you finding an openness to this holistic perform and all these different platforms of performance that you talk about? Yeah, I think I've been fortunate to have success. And then clients that we work with now, often that they'll bring us in so they, you know, I have that that opportunity that they are more open. I think performance can be revolutionised. So here we, we can. Come in interested to hear this yeah i think we can take a, a much broader spectrum and be more holistic in what we do i think one of the biggest problems in sport is ego okay it's the biggest problem in life that we need to work collectively and to know who we're working for for me i'm working for the for the player i'm working for the coach and i'm working for the franchise but ultimately in that order well i think ultimately you're working for the franchise okay because mm -hmm. they're your yep. they're, that's they're the ones paying the bills and they they need their players looked after. They're paying the wages of the players. I'm very much, we're in the service business. So it's about serving those people. You know, often when we have clients, I have a lot of people that we've got to answer to and that's, that's okay. But we have to be very clear, I'm not serving me. I'm serving these these yep. people and what is best. So I I suppose made a decision a, a few years ago that I would more be conscious of running our own race based on science and still looking at the research and looking at what others do and respecting what others others do. But I'm not keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Uh, I think we can be, I think sometimes if you only listen to your fraternity, it becomes like an echo chamber. So I was fortunate enough to have people around me that were in different areas. And I think sometimes business 101, bringing that into the sports science field could be a PhD in sports science. Yeah. You know, like, if, does that make sense? Like simple concepts that have been done really well in business for years that you would find quite simple, bring that into a sports science focus, then it's going to really make a big difference. So there's things like that, that I've, I've looked at other fields and trying to bring them back into into my field. So that's that's been, and I suppose that's where it's part of my nature to, to look at that from a service perspective and to realize, okay, what I want at the end of the day is this player to perform to their potential. I think in line, 
life, it's about maximizing performance, but the most important thing is to maximize your potential, what you have. So I find that exciting and I think that's my mission with anyone, I not just the best players, but every player that we, we come in contact with. I think one of the problems with ego in organizations is that there's discrepancy between different departments and we need to communicate better and we need to work on this. It's okay to disagree, but at the ultimate, we, we need to have a shared focus. And I think that's missing in a lot of places. I don't want to be critical of others. I just think that I feel we are not at the at the high end of human maximizing human potential. I think we can go further. And sometimes if you have success, it can hold you hold you back because you think, okay, well, we're operating at this level, but we can probably take it even, even further. Interesting. I, I guess when you're looking at a lot of Australian sports are pretty much Australian, like the, the AFL, the NRL. Mm-hmm. I mean, we dominate the world in those those yep. sports. So what's what's driving our sports science in those areas? Moving on from what you've been talking about, if we are like our AFL teams are the best AFL teams in the world and our NRL teams are the best NRL teams in the world, give or take the odd World Cup, where mm. we close partners of mainly Australian athletes. Yeah. What What is driving, and I guess the NFL and the NHL, they both suffer from that as well in the NBA. Like, what is driving? Well, I think it's the individuals that are at clubs. And, and I think the AFL has done very well and they've been world leading in sports science. What drives a lot of our Australian teams is the salary cap because we only have set amount of set amount of numbers, don't yep. we? So I think that was one of the drivers in the first place that we needed to keep those people on the field. So then we looked at injury prevention and maximizing the performance of those players that we had without injuring them. So that that sort of really helped. I mean, there's no doubt when the AIS was a great leader of, of sports science yep. and management of athletes when it was developed and there was a lot of great stuff that that came out of those so that gave us a good grounding i think our education focus in the sports science field is probably one of the best in the world so we we have good grounding what takes us to that next level um, and if you ask me do i think nrl can go to another level i actually do and there's some teams that do it very very well you can just see that performance you know we just had the grand final i thought the, the roosters performance was you know they looked physically very good they were dominant <laughs> yeah and so that was a, a great performance so i'm just always even when we've had success i'm never I, i'm always thinking okay just that continual improvement and i think what drives a lot of these organizations and might be the individuals in it they'll, they'll keep driving but as soon as you take the focus on what's happening somewhere else and just working with your team trying to push them to the limits but it's a good point that you make when you are the best in the world i think it is is difficult like we're in football we're not the best in the world so we have to grab every little bit to to even even up the yeah the level and now football for those in australia could be called soccer, soccer, soccer yes sir. no you're right mm. is how how much is australian football embracing sports science oh i think well hopefully quite good because the last four years i was head of sports science for the federation so, so how do you think you went uh, <laughs> look i think uh I think it's okay. I yeah. mean, there's always the there's always going to be the issues where you've you've got coaching staff, you've got medical staff, you've got sports science, strength and conditioning, fitness staff, and bringing that together so we've got this shared purpose. Uh, often there's conflict when when I go around and I see there's often conflict between the coaching and the and the sports science staff because they mightn't listen. And, but I always ask the question. Well, and when I've been in that situation, it's there's nowhere in a coach's contract that he says he has to listen to me. It's my job to get him because I know, okay, I might have some really good information here. I've got good insight. And that's the other thing. Are we presenting insight or are we just presenting numbers? That's the thing. Our job is insight, not numbers. Okay. So it's very easy to print off a, a nice report with a hell of a lot of numbers in it. But what does that mean? 
So it's about truly about insight. And I, I think that's a, a problem. So the discrepancy in football soccer often comes with a coach game being presented with information that isn't presented in a way that he fully can comprehend. Because at the end of the day, he just wants to win. So and he's and not there you, to analyze sports science. He's there. That's to be, our job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I often say that that there's no place in his contract where it says he had to listen to you. Your job is to make a difference for him to listen to you yeah. if you've got a message and present it that way. Like I ask the question often, have you sat down with the coach and asked him how he wants his data presented? And often <laughs> they haven't had that conversation. So it's like me presenting, you You might be a very visual person and I'm presenting you all these, all Pre- these numbers. Pretty graphs just look, for me, please. Yeah. yeah, I want the nice colourful graphs, not the big spreadsheets. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's a simple conversation because I'm servicing that client. So I think that's a, that's a problem. There's a, there's a lot of sports science that can tick the box. I'm not interested in ticking the box. I'm interested yeah. in making a difference. When you talk about coaches and teams going away, are you are you getting the coach to do the morning ritual with you? Are you embracing, uh, is the coach embracing the sit on the bed, make your bed, a uh, <laughs> little bit of a, a jiggle before you get up, a bit yeah. of cold shower? Like is well, well, look, I mean, most of the coaches I work with, they probably look at me with a, yeah. But if they do, it's going to help them as well because they're under enormous stress. Absolutely. So I think the... Journaling and, would be very good for a coach. And it, and it's interesting in respect to that. And, and I was talking to some people recently about actually monitoring coaches as well because it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And uh, yes, and could they benefit from it? Everyone can benefit from it. So I've worked with some very well-read coaches that do look after themselves in that regard. And it, it definitely is a message it could make make a real difference. I just believe it can make a real difference to everyone. Yeah, because when you look at corporates, and I mean, uh, traditionally when people go in wellness programs and corporates, it's middle management, higher management that get the big ticket stuff outside of the general chit chat. So mm. I guess if you're reporting to a board or a CEO and the CEO is not embracing, you know, the, the whole morning ritual that you're trying to put across to your management team, and we're talking about anxiety and stress here because when we threw those stats out, was it, you know, Enormous, 49% yeah. looked tired and 46% had mood and we irritable if you can take that out of the workplace you're you're definitely going to be a fierce competitor to people who who have that in their workplace and so from a sports science perspective when you walk into a a corporate is it as important for the ceo to embrace what you're talking about as it is the management as i'm just that's why i'm sort of working to the the stupid question i said when the do the coaches embrace what you do like if the coach isn't embracing what the players are doing and the ceo is not embracing what the manager is doing your job's harder yeah, if, so, they, if they haven't bought into it. Yeah. You know, my belief is it's an absolute no-brainer that a corporation has their executive team monitored well and wants them at the high, highest end of their performance. So a CEO would be the number one I'm looking at. If I'm a board, I would want to be knowing the health of my CEO. Now, I think we have a lot of, I'll say it again, tick-the-box wellness programs. Come in, do blood pressure once a once a year, and okay, you're off, or give you a free gym membership or that sort of stuff. But who's monitoring you day-to-day? Who's monitoring you when you have to go into a meeting at 9am and you've had four hours sleep are you really on task to make key decisions yeah that's a good that's a big that's and you've got shareholders involved you've got employees involved yeah for me it doesn't make no sense that we aren't monitoring more and more corporates because if i was a board no there was an enormous amount of money involved i'd want to know that my executive team was physiologically and psychologically at their best and if they're not at their best that they're aware of that so I've used technology which identifies 24-7 where you're at. So you can actually just look and go, okay, my stress levels are really high at this moment. So what that means is you could go into the meeting or walk into the office and rip everyone's head off. But if you're aware, because one of the most important things in life is self-awareness. Absolutely. If you're aware and this technology is saying, oh, hang on, I'm at 88 out of 100 stress level. I'm really high here. Okay, 
That means I can now do something. I can go through some breathing exercises and try and reduce this, but it also tells you you're not on, on task to make key decisions and be aware of that in a negotiation or wherever you are. That's business. So this morning ritual <clears throat> concept you're talking about earlier, the five to 20 minutes. So I'm an executive and I'm running high octane. I'm stressed and got anxiety. I'm about to go to the meeting like you were just talking about then. Mm. What type of rituals do you believe someone like that should do before they walk into a meeting? Have you, you got Well, if, if, if there are at that top end and you can you can And you are. It. You run from meeting to meeting yeah, and you yeah. go, oh, another fucking meeting. Jeez. Well, what well that's where you... Yeah. Well, firstly, it's all planning. Analyze the situation that this could be a difficult day. Okay. And you are running from place to place to place. Then you need to put space in between that and it might be just some simple close your eyes breathe reduce your heart rate <laughs> down yep. and be aware the worst thing that can happen is an ambush right yep. you don't see that you know the old days where they were there and you were there and you yep. locked horns that's okay but when people are jumping out of trees or jumping out of buildings and you don't know who's who's getting you absolutely yep worst so if you're aware it's like facing a battle front on if you're not aware of your physiological state and you you're not in tune with yourself then it's now like fighting fighting a war where you don't know who the enemy is so i i think it's it's key to get to that point then you might do some breathing exercises you might go hang on i need this period of time between meetings people will wait yeah true that's so true you let other people dictate your time a lot and i yeah. guess if you're the ceo you can go no we're going to have an hour between each meeting or whatever or whatever whatever it is but it, it just starts just be aware yeah. and that might be the first thing if we're we're working with the executive all i want you to do is be aware identify when you are at these levels it's the key decision makers that need to identify hang on if we don't have people in in good state how's it decision-making process what's the culture like of of where they're at if they're always at this high stress level speaking of culture because it's something I'm, I'm very passionate about do you do you believe sports science <laughs> owes a lot to culture in a in a club like is it is it your job to drive culture we have a lot of people coming into you know culture is pretty there's a lot it's of a culture word. culture yep. gurus around yep. isn't there i have a bit of a different view of culture look i know there's team building and working with people and i've seen some success in that area i don't think it's a sports science area i think i i collectively call this whole area performance science so i think yes it comes from there is I, that a new degree you're going to start one day uh, you? performance science degree i'd sign up for that <laughs> well well i think i, th I think as, i didn't mean to cut you off then sorry yeah, yeah. but i think there's a lot of people in this space don't know about the longevity of their work because my view of culture is it's individual. Okay, so yes, team building stuff works, but we do know from research that team building can build your team up for this period of time. And then as soon as it's a bit over, you know, you're going to have your keywords up there and all that sort of stuff, but they can lose their meaning and then you drop down. What I want to work on is each individual and seeing them because they're going through their proper lifestyle. They're about maximizing their potential. They're about trying to live a good life and make the best of their life and if you collectively have a group like that and then the coach brings it together with shared purpose then you're going to be success because then you have a group so so one of the biggest things that you know they say misery loves company just right this minute anywhere in australia or when anywhere in the world where corporations are working there's people gossiping about how bad their life is now that's not going to change but however, if you and I are both about doing our very, very best and living a life and we have that relationship, when I'm doing that gossiping, you're going to say to me, Craig, is that the way you want to be? Because the grass ain't greener on the other side. That's so true. We all think that Google's a fantastic place to work or <laughs> we hear that, don't we? But I'm sure there's people at Google that said, hang on, it's not like that. It starts with the individual and then a group of individuals going, oh, what? I care about you. You want to live a good life. And this is what you've explained to me. Well, you're not living 
achieving that by, you know, gossiping about how bad it is here. Because the grass ain't greener on the other side because you always got to take yourself with you. Yeah, true. You've got to take yourself with you. I like that. That should be on a T-shirt or something. <laughs> we can put it on VSC. <laughs> I love it. Look, mate, just in, in closing, is there anything that you want to... What, what's our key outtakes from today on, on sleep recovery and not just morning routines? You've talked about rituals. like Yeah, look, I think you... It's very clear that we need to get the evening right, okay? Uh, what One of the things we didn't, didn't talk about too much just with sleep is that it's very important that you get a regular sleep time mm-hmm. and a regular wake-up time and don't change too much for the weekend. Why is that so important? Just the routine. The body it's will routine. function. Yep. The body, body clock, clock or yep. the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting area. That whole interesting area of chronobiology, what we know is that if you have a consistent time, Say if it's 10 and 6, we need 7 to 8 hours sleep. That's what we really want to want to aim for, okay? And if we're not getting that, all right, on the short term, then using an afternoon nap for about 30 minutes can be beneficial, mm-hmm. okay, just to extend that. But what we really wanted to aim for is that, that key thing, 10 to 6 or 11 to 7, whatever it is. Basically, work out what time you have to get up and work your way back. Closing off technology nearer the bedtime, keeping the room nice and tidy, nice and cool as well, nice and dark, and make sure you don't have too much electronic stuff going on in your room and then that's going to set you up for the for the morning to wake up go into your morning ritual which we said like it might be right now making your bed sitting on the end of the bed for two minutes that's it writing three things in a Book. just go down you don't need some super duper journal just go down and buy yourself an exercise book and just start off with it and think of it as the story of your life think about your in a hundred years time people are going to have this and read but write anything in your journal don't worry too much about it. you said we should look at three topics no, that's that's some people like gratitude there is actually a journal called the the gratitude journal or mm-hmm. five minute journal no five okay. minute journal and where you can write what you've you know three things you're grateful for we're actually bringing out a journal called the 100x journal it has a prompt at the top but i wanted it to be flexible and you know you have am and you can just write a few things you don't have to it's just whatever works for you but the evening ritual i think is important if you want that's like me that has a bit of anxiety worries about the future get the things down on paper get it out of your head and, and get to sleep is it important <laughs> to go back to the ritual to the journal and go over what you've written or is it a, is it the process of just documenting where you're at in that part of your life and moving forward? That's a really good question. Sorry to bring, I don't, it, bring no. it in so late when we're wrapping up. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really great thing, not all the time, but to go back. Because sometimes I'll go back through my journal and you know what you'd find is that often the worst days of your life a couple of days later, everything's okay. Yeah, It's just a rhythm. There's no doubt some of us struggle a bit more than that, okay? But for most of us, the worst day of your, you, you, what you think is yeah. a shocking day, have a look. Two or three days later, everything's okay. Someone once said to me, it was a it was a priest actually that said there's always an Easter Sunday after a Good Friday. Nice, I like that. Yeah, mate. So if we want to find you, you're on Instagram at doctor as in at dr craig duncan. Your website is performanceia.com.au. Yeah, our company's Performance Intelligence Agency. Okay, yeah, and that's the the website. Yeah. And you do a lot of planning for corporates and planning for teams. You bring in groups of people to facilitate. We're solution focused. Mm-hmm. Anything in performance, we we analyze the situation first and see if we can put in a solution and. Uh, uh, most of the time we can make things better. Nice. I like that. <laughs> and mate, you, you did mention a journal before that you were doing one. It will be 100xcoach.com. Yeah, that's a that's a new community we're starting, 100xcoach.com, and the journal will be available on that, and it's just the 100x journal. What type of person is going to be in that community? What are you looking for? It will start off, a lot of it I'm quite passionate about, sports science graduates and yep. people involved in the fitness industry, and, and we want to create a 
community where we can help mentor those people about how to have a career in, nice. in, in this yep. business, but also anyone yep. that's interested in performance. But definitely if you're out there, you, you want to be involved in sport, uh, you want to be involved in the fitness area, you want to be, you know, have something to give, then very much we want to want to help. Well, you do sound like someone that gives a lot. So I want to thank you very much for making the time to come and talk to us today. We've been involved for a long time through teams and uh, athletes and, um, mate, you're one of the best in the industry and I really thank <laughs> you for coming on board. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, like I've said to you, uh, body science is, has always, I'm very passionate about body science and I never align myself with any any products that I don't use myself or don't recommend. And, and you guys have just always been fantastic and always at the cutting edge of trying to make things better. And that's what resonates with me. Really? You just like our protein balls for your keto I diet? I do. And, <laughs> and the honeycomb protein balls are the best supplement ever made. <laughs> I Not need a that on record. Not a problem. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, mate. Look forward to it. I look forward to jumping on board. I wouldn't mind getting you and um, Dr. Chris McClellan in here one day to really talk up some cool science. Anytime. He's much smarter than me. He uses some big words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Steve. That's it from Body Science. Hope everyone enjoyed. If you are looking to follow Craig at Dr. Craig Duncan on Insta, check him out. Got some good stuff. Thank you. Stay motivated. Hey, team. We are very excited to bring you the 10-week refresh program with ASN brought to you by Body Science. And with me, I have the beautiful Harriet. Good afternoon. And yes, we are very excited. So during the 10-week refresh program, I'm going to be covering all things performance nutrition, how to get the most out of your training with the food you eat. And what are you covering, Dan? Well, Harriet's super smart. I'm not as smart as Harriet. So I'm going to be taking over all the physical stuff. So I'm going to be doing the training, I'm going to be teaching people how to get moving and also more importantly, I'm going to teach them a little bit about mental health and how that training can affect their mental health just like food can as well. Is that right, Harriet? That is correct, Amanda. So we are going to drop a link below for the registration details or you can Google the ASN Lifestyle Refresh. Get amongst it. Get on board. Let's make some changes. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount vitamins, fat burners only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.